Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 34. Wigging about your food choices? Well, my darling, there is a new sheriff in town. Loves, I am so excited to be here with you again this week. And this episode is one that's really important to me because I remember on my own fertility journey, the subject of food was riddled with so much fear, so much disempowerment, so much worry, so much complexity that when I met our guest, it was really a breath of fresh air. I, I honestly never felt more empowered of, about food and the way that I could impact my health while at the same time experience fucking joy. It was just incredible. And it really changed the way that I saw my relationship with food. And my goal here is, you know, I recognize I'm a bit of a disruptor. And when it comes to food, I'm going to continue to disrupt a little bit, especially when it comes to this journey, because so much of this journey is about us following all kinds of crazy rules without ever really asking ourselves if this is right for us. So I want to change the tenor of the conversation when it comes to food and our empowerment as mamas-to-be when it comes to food. And that's why I am introducing you today to health coach, nutrition guru, Andy Mayhew. Andy Mayhew is the creator of Everyday Nutrition, and his practice and the work that he does just absolutely helped me at a time that I needed it most. And he also helped me through having a very healthy pregnancy with Asher. So I want to share all of this goodness with you and really wake up the part of you that knows she can do great things for herself on this journey, particularly when it comes to food. As you will hear in the interview, Andy loves women. He has been surrounded by women all of his life and is a loving husband and father to two daughters. So you are in amazing hands, and he loves serving women on this journey. So I'm super excited for you, my loves. Let's commit here and now to kicking fear in the face when it comes to our food and ending the abusive relationship we can have with food and our fertility journey. So here is my interview with the amazing Andy Mayhew. Ladies, I am super excited to be introducing Andy Mayhew to you. When I met Andy a few years ago, I just was blown away. Like I am blown away with so many of the people that I've had the good fortune of meeting on my journey. And one of the coolest things about Andy is he was the first person during the years and years and years of my journey that ever spoke positively and not in a fear-based way to me about food. And literally, this man has changed my relationship with food, the way I interact with food, the choices that I make when it comes to food. And 
ultimately the way that I feed my precious miracle family. So I am absolutely delighted for you to meet Andy and really bask in the magic that he brings to the conversation about the fertility journey. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Andy. Well, thank you, Roseanne. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, and it's I'm really excited about this because I really believe that in the sea of insanity out there, when it comes to fertility diets and fertility foods, that you are truly a voice of reason. Because one of the things that I notice with women all over the world is when it comes to fertility, one of the first things that we'll Google is like fertility diets. Like that's going to be the first thing we go to and we approach it with such puritanical militarism that we, we take the joy, we take the excitement, and we take the freedom out of something that is so basic for us, and that is our nourishment. So tell us a little bit about your approach. My approach is getting back control that we've given away to the doctors and to the talking heads and the internet and the magazines. And whoever has somebody, something to sell to us in the ways of a diet or a pill that is going to cure all of our woes and give us what we're looking for. You know, a fertility diet, um, a weight loss diet, a keto diet, a paleo diet, a lot of those things have merit, but a lot of them are also marketing. And I worked in the food industry for 12 years. And during my tenure there, I really learned how food is a business. It's a bottom line. And in any business, the bottom line has to do with dollars. So whether you're shopping at Safeway or you're shopping at Whole Foods, it's about making money. And if we understand that, then when we're being marketed to from these big food companies, we'll understand a little better that maybe what they're saying isn't always true or is not going to give us what we want. So what I like to do with people in my program is empower them to take back control of their diet. And when I say diet, I mean what they eat, not so much as what they're doing for the next two months to get a result. Mm. Take back control of their diet and take back control of their health and not just give it away to somebody else. Look, we've been around for a long time. You know, talk to different scientists, they'll tell you, you know, 500,000 years, a million years, any way you slice it, we have thousands of generations under our belt and women have thousands of generations of fertility and making babies and producing beautiful children in this world in the wild, basically in the wilderness, without the help of a doctor or the next magazine that's telling you what to do or the new fad diet. There's intuition there that we need to tap into. And that's one of the, the most favorite things I have is helping people to find that intuition and tap into it and rebuild their relationship with food. Mm. See, that's brilliant because, you know, as I was saying before, you know, one of the, the things that, you know, in a situation that seems so unpredictable and uncertain as the fertility journey, you know, women like me and the women I serve and, you know, women all over the world, like we hear, oh my gosh, you know, gluten, gluten, you know, that's going to be the thing that robs you of your baby. And, and that's when we go completely crazy and, and just, wholesale go scorched earth on our diet yeah. and we and and we don't we don't ever stop and think 
And, and that's the thing. I mean, in fact, I was talking to one of my ladies a couple of weeks ago and she's so amazing. Um, and you know, she was wanting to go out to an anniversary dinner with her husband, but she was terrorized about doing that because she's like, Oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to be able to go out to dinner? Because I can't be sure that the kitchen is gluten-free or all of these other things. Oh man. And so she was, yeah, I hear it. Yeah. And she's literally robbing herself of this important thing in her life, her wedding anniversary. You know, this is the foundation upon Mm -hmm. which she's building her family and she's letting the fear of gluten. And, you know, and we talked about it and we were able to laugh. Is it, you know, are you, do you have celiac disease? You know, and she, you know, no. And then so, so tell us about that. I mean, because that really goes straight to your point. Yeah. The the thing about food is food is great as a preventative maintenance um, factor in your whatever health plan you have, whatever lifestyle you have, food is a foundation and it creates the environment in which your body works. But there's no silver bullet unless, like you brought up, let's say you are the one to 2% of Americans that have celiac disease and you really need to stay away from gluten like it's kryptonite. But for all the rest of the 98% of the people, yeah, you may have a sensitivity to it, but if you get a little gluten here and there, if you get a little bread, if you're on your wedding anniversary date and you want to have a glass of wine or you want to have a piece of the cheesecake, go ahead and have a piece of the cheesecake. <laughs> it's part of the it's part of the human experience. The thing in my eyes about fertility that is so important is that our brain listens to our self-talk. It listens to what we're telling it either consciously or subconsciously. It reads everything around our environment, internal and external. Our environment internally is greatly influenced by our diet, but our, our environment externally is greatly influenced by our surroundings. So in a woman's journey to fertility, one of the things that I would like her to think about is what is she, what story is she telling on her fertility journey? What story is she telling her body? Is she telling her body the story that I'm ready to be pregnant and carry a baby to term because the world is a safe and healthy place right now. So if you're in a mindset of deprivation because you've taken all these foods out of your diet and then you stripped your household down, you know, to just, uh, you know, you've taken all the chemicals out, which is good, but you're really high strung about it and you're working hard because, you know, all of these fertility therapies are very expensive. Is that really an environment that is friendly to a baby? Mm. Is, is the diet friendly to a baby? Is what you're eating telling your body that food is in abundance and that it's going to give you enough nourishment for the next nine months to carry a pregnancy to term? You, you've heard of the term spring lamb, right? Okay, it's springtime, the lambs are coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, you know, with our technology, we have food in abundance nowadays, and it's starting to become a problem for us. Whereas we've never had that as a species before. You look back uh, even a couple hundred years ago, and you couldn't go to the store any time of day, order Amazon, get food delivered to your door in 10 minutes from the nearest 100 restaurants, and our body's not used to that. So we have to do is be mindful of what we're putting in our body and create the environment that tells your body, okay, we can get pregnant. Mm. See, I, I think that's fantastic because I think you hit on a very important baseline 
point that rarely gets discussed is, you know, at, at a very basic level, our bodies are listening to our minds. That's how, why we have the, the parasympathetic nervous system that, you know, if, if, we, if we think saber-toothed tiger, our body goes straight into fight or flight. And even though saber-toothed tigers are not running the streets of San Francisco, you know, or wherever we are at, <laughs> right? The things that create fear in ourselves and, and the things that create stress and cause us to, you know, to have that fight or flight and which ultimately suppresses the non-essential, you know, functions of our body like fertility, like we have to start thinking in more intelligent ways. Like, you know, are we stressing ourselves out with things that frankly should be pleasurable, like food? Oh, yeah. Food is 100% nourishment for not only, you know, the nutrients that your cell needs, but for your well-being as well. It's you know, the term breaking bread or having communion or sharing food with family and friends or making food for your loved ones, your children, your, your wife, your husband, your siblings, your mother. It's a cherished moment. And so many of us, self-included, you know, we all need, we all need a good coach. <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the first person to say that. Don't I know We it. get caught up. Yeah, we get caught up in, you know, the day-to-day -day activities of our current lifestyles and it's fast pace. You know, you're eating food in the car, you're standing up, you're just trying to fit things in. You know, you're you're rushing when you're making the food. You're, you know, really worn out. So you're watching TV as a family maybe even, or you know, you're just with your partner and it's dinner time and you're looking at a television program while you're trying to share a meal. And what is that telling your brain? That's telling your brain that there is a disconnect between your food and yourself. And I can remember when you came into the office that you were the most organized and well-prepared person that had stepped in my door to that date. <laughs> you had all your ducks in a row. And at that point, I didn't know you, that you were a, an attorney, but I could put her probably guessed it pretty soon after that. But you were on it. You're like, I've been doing this, 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 this. Andy, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And it was like, oh, hey, wait, let's step back a minute and let's just, you know, let's look at this from a different perspective. Let's slow down and say, what are you enjoying about your food right now? What can you have that you do like? How can you enjoy your food? How can you prepare it better to where it tastes good and it makes you feel good today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life? That's what a healthy lifestyle does. That's what a healthy diet does is it provides you not only nourishment, but also satisfaction and then long-term health. Mm. Yeah, because, and I think that's such an important thing for women on this journey to be hearing because, yeah, I mean, when I came to you, I had come to you after years and years of PTSD from, I, I literally, I think I told my ladies in my Fearlessly Furl Method program that I got so nuts about my food that, you know, my husband has this chocolate chip cookie addiction. Like he's unashamed of his addiction. And when we yeah. were trying to conceive Asher, like somebody had told me actually, okay, you can have gluten, but you can't have the chocolate chips. And I was like, wait a minute, that's the exact opposite of what everyone has told me up to this point. So, but I believed it. And so he'd make chocolate chip cookies and I would eat around the chocolate chips. So I'd be like, you know, eating these cookies and then like putting aside <laughs> chip, and I would have this bizarre pile of chocolate chips, and it was like 
like I am an intelligent, highly educated woman and I am making a pile of chocolate chips. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it just was so like, I mean, that was just an example of how much power I had abdicated to someone else. And I understand, you know, people have different perspectives. They're going to have different kinds of advice, which is awesome and amazing. But the person that I wasn't consulting was me. Like, exactly. And so, and that's what I love about your approach. And when I came to you, you know, that is exactly how our conversation went. Like, I remember our first meeting and I went in there kind of guns a blazing and, and I loved how you slowed my thought process down and made me really think differently about the food, that food wasn't my enemy. And for so many years after being on my own fertility journey, food actually had become my enemy. Like I was so afraid of eating the wrong thing. You know, if I broke down and had some ice cream, well, there goes, you know, my chances of being a mom. That was literally the calculus that was going on in my brain. And it robbed me of joy and it robbed me of all the things that ultimately helped me have Asher. So you're not alone. It's, yeah. it's, it's what every, it's what we all go through, men, women alike. Uh, I find particularly more women, though. Women tend to beat themselves up. I grew up with, you know, living in a house with my mom, my sister, and my sister's friend. And I just, you know, I just kind of saw it. I wasn't aware of it because I was younger, you know, growing up as a, you know, a, a teenager and then a young man. And then, you know, now having a wife and two daughters of my own. Women are hard on themselves. <laughs> you're, you're surrounded you're by really women. really hard. Your heart, I know, and I I love it, but it also, you know, it kind of breaks my heart sometimes that I see, you know, women just being so hard on themselves, where men, on the other hand, we're just, uh, we don't care, you know, it's just like, we just just don't care, and, you know, this to our fault, you know, some, I admit that as well, but don't be so hard on yourself. I work with primarily women, and, you know, they say, Andy, you know, i I fell off the rails. I, I had an ice cream and, you know, they're expecting me to go, Oh God, you know, well, okay, get back on the horse. And, and then, but I usually come back with was, was it good? What'd you have? What flavor was it? Where'd you get it from? You know, and they're looking at me like, was this guy crazy? You know, but you know, I, I'm just trying to turn it on his head and, you know, show them that every, every situation is like a coin. And if you don't like what side of the coin is showing, just flip it over because there's another way to look at it. If we just, you know, take some time and say, is there another way to look at this? Am I approaching this differently? All the women that are listening to this podcast are on a fertility journey and they're trying to have an outcome that's different than what they've had historically, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to get pregnant and now they want to get pregnant. So they need a, they need a different approach. Yeah. And that's why I like your program. That's why there's so much overlap in this because it's going to the core of the issue. And the issue is what are you telling yourself? You know, what is your relationship with yourself? What's your relationship with your future baby? What's your relationship with your diet? Are you looking at it as from the point of view of, I God, I just hate food and food is my enemy. I've been there myself. I remember there was a point in my life in my health journey where I just didn't want to eat anymore. I was just giving the middle finger to food and I was walking away and it was, it was a bad place. And I had to turn that around. And yeah, you do have to identify the foods that you're sensitive to. You do want to be sensible in your diet. And I give a lot of direction in that. But only about half of the work that I do with people is specifically on food. 
And the other half is just working on their mindset and their relationship with the food and themselves. I think that's what makes the way that you work so unique and, and why I want this audience to really embrace and be open to the message that you're sending because, you know, so much of what we live through on the fertility journey seems out of our hands. It seems like, you know, we're beholden to statistics and, you know, people that are long faced wearing lab coats telling us what to do. And I think that at a very basic level, what your position is when it comes to food is, wait a second, it doesn't have to be that way. That, you know, and and that's how I felt about working with you is that I felt like you and I were in partnership toward my end goal. And honestly, like for the first time, being able to think about food in a really positive way, I, I mean, I felt like my shoulders could finally come down. Like it was it was such a breath of fresh air. And I am a foodie at heart. You know, I love eating sumptuous foods and foods that are good for me and having that, frankly, sensual experience of food that I felt so deprived of on my journey. And what I love about, and I think the, the reason why, why we work so well together is because we believe in yes and. We believe in finding a way to have it all within our own, you know, respective circumstances. So why don't you tell us a little bit, like if there are women that are listening to this that are like, have been, you know, they, they've had the dairy-free, gluten-free boot on their neck, you know, for years and mm-hmm. they feel terrible about that. And they feel like they're handcuffed to this idea, perspective of deprivation. Like what would be one of the first steps that somebody could take in order to begin changing the conversation and begin to explore the idea of empowering themselves when it comes to food and their fertility journey? Turn it on its head like the coin. Stop focusing on what you can't have or what you've told yourself you can't have or what you shouldn't and focus on what you can and look for enjoyment and satisfaction in that first because there are good tenants to live by. You know, if you're sensitive to gluten and dairy and, you know, soy or GMO and you want to stick with organic, all that is great. I advocate for a lot of that stuff, but it's a deprivation mindset. So let's look at it from an abundance mindset. What is around you that you can have? What is around you that you, that you haven't explored yet? Or let's say that you've thought about, but you haven't explored yet. We tend to stay in a comfort zone with our food. The average grocery store has 50,000 items in it, but most people put less than 70 in their shopping cart every week when they go to the grocery store. The same 70. Wow. There's so much out there. If, if you think about it, there's not a whole lot of different types of foods that people eat throughout the world that is really even you know, edible for, for humans. You know, there's maybe like, you know, you can count on one or both of your hands the amount of animal, different animal meats that we eat. And then there's maybe, you know, 30 or 40 different plant foods that we eat. But out of that, let's say 50 or 60 ingredients, think of all the world's cuisine that is created from just those 50 or 60 ingredients. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there that we can do. And that was the fun part about my journey. And what I love so much about teaching other people is look, okay, let's, you know, let's say we're not doing gluten. Oh God, I just, I love pizza so much. My, the, I do a recipe blog 
uh, where I send out a new recipe every Sunday. And the one I did last week was for something I call an impossible pizza. Because <laughs> for me, and this is, and I don't advocate my diet for other people because I'm my diet is very restrictive for other reasons, uh, mostly sensitivities. But I don't eat gluten or dairy or eggs or nuts or seeds or any grains. It's just like it's really restrictive. It works well for me. But how the hell do you have pizza in that context? So I got, <laughs> so I figured it out. I figured out how to make an impossible pizza, and it was fun. So that's what I would tell your ladies is start by looking at what what is available to you out there. What can you have and how can you develop a good relationship with that? Mm-hmm. And if there's things that come in from time to time, you know, I, I find one of the, the top answers to my question of what's your favorite food is it's cheese. But then a lot of women are said, well, don't eat dairy, you know, because of the fertility thing. But I, I'm not particularly a, a cheese person, but I know there's a lot of really good quality, yummy, delicious cheeses out there that people love, you know, have it from time to time. And if you haven't had it for a long time and you eat, let's say a piece of cheese, but you've been off of it for, let's say months and you feel good after you ate it, like, you know, you didn't get a headache, you didn't get any bloating or pain issues, or you didn't get lethargic or lose any energy or any sleep, you're probably not that sensitive to it. On the flip side, if you do feel some of those symptoms, then you are sensitive to it and your tolerance is pretty low to it. You always say the poison is in the dose. So we all have a tolerance to some things. Like I said, even, you know, I can't tolerate, you know, gluten or dairy or eggs, but I have a a low tolerance at different levels for different foods. And so bring a little enjoyment in there. Find the foods that you are sensitive to and try to keep them out of your diet because you'll, you'll thank yourself for it. Your body will thank yourself for it. But then focus on what you can have. Focus on what you have now. We, as a society, are constantly looking for the next best thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the finger swipe on Facebook. It's like, what's the next picture that's going to stimulate my brain? What's the next food that I can eat to stimulate my brain? What's the next glass of wine that I can drink to stimulate my brain so I can forget about the misery that I'm in right now? We're not in misery. Mm-hmm. We're in a best time to live in the world right now mm-hmm. you, know, you got to learn to be happy in a ditch yeah. if you can be happy in a ditch <laughs> then the rest of your life will be much easier yeah and you know i love that message because it's so raw and it's so real and so true at the same time and you know and it's funny because one of the things one of the crutches that i used on my own journey and i see women all over the world doing this as well is we'll go to extremes, we will torture ourselves because we think that if we torture ourselves, we're making sacrifices to have this baby, that you know, pain and sacrifice equals result. But I see also so often, which is actually in alignment with what you just said, like what if food was pleasurable? What if, yes, you know, we have these legitimate confines that we would like to work within for our own health, but what happens if we could find pleasure in that? Like, heaven forbid that we could make yeah. aspects of this journey pleasurable, right? I mean, particularly when it's something we do approximately three plus times a day, and that's eat. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. When you were, you know, before you came to me and we started working on it, when you were in your, you know, um, you know the low point of your relationship with food, what do you think your stress level was like? Oh, Andy, I mean, I felt like I was walking through a minefield because 
when at my lowest point, let me just tell you, not only was I eating around chocolate chips and cookies, I had removed all chemicals from my house, which I think we can agree is a good thing, but it got so insane that I was making my own laundry detergent. So here I was trying cases, you know, Monday through Friday, these, you know, super hardcore life cases coming home, making these super complex, pleasureless meals, and also making my own laundry soap because I was terrorized that, you know, that some, you know, commercially purchased laundry soap was destroying my egg quality. Like it it was just, you know, bottom line, the one word I would use for that would be disempowerment at my very like lowest point. I was utterly disempowered. Yeah, completely. Yeah. No power, you know, for, for yourself or I like to use the word control. So you feel like you're out of control when you don't have control. And if you're out of control and you're stressed out and worried about it, it's just like what you said earlier about the saber-toothed tiger. You know, the, the sympathetic nervous system tells your body, you know, oh, there is a threat. If there's a threat, we need to release adrenaline. And then after adrenaline comes cortisol. And high levels of cortisol are going to knock out the fertility hormones because they're going to tell your body that there's, there's chaos outside. It's not time to get pregnant. It's time to survive. It's time to run away or fight but it's not time to have a baby. And if you're in, if you have this, you know, chronic state of high cortisol, then you are affecting your hormones. And there's so much attention paid to, you know, around hormones when it comes to pregnancy. And so if you want to take control, you want to be empowered and take back control of your body, take control of the signals that are controlling what's going on in your body, the inputs. Mm. And those inputs are, your perception of things, what you think of as a threat or as a not a threat. And then also, again, it is smart to identify food sensitivities because if you're eating something that your body is sensitive to, it turns on your immune system, which raises your cortisol. Mm. So again, it's not about just, you know, throwing every caution to the wind and eating everything because, oh, Andy said I'm supposed to be happy. It's not really about that. It's about being smart about your decisions and being comfortable with your ability to organize a lifestyle and a diet that's best fit for you and your family to be. Yeah. And that, that is gold. I mean, that in and of itself is gold because ultimately the women that listen to this podcast, they are, they are, their focus is, Hey, I want to make sure that I have done everything and covered all of my bases. And in order for you to actually do that, joy, pleasure, empowerment, agency, all of those things have to come into the equation. Like, you know, the minute you hand over all of your power to, you know, of decision making to other people, you have absolutely failed to cover your bases. And, and yeah. that's what I think is such, you know, a powerful thing about the message that you are putting out in the world about food is look, you can have both. You can have a healthy, sensible, fertility diet that you help women all over the world build and that it can be pleasure. It can be something that you share lovingly with your partner and that both of you feel good about instead of feeling pressured to walk around chomping on rock hail all day. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Which doesn't taste that damn good, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. I, I'm, a, I'm a food nerd. I, I'm, I'll fully admit it. I love 
love, love everything about food. I love cooking it, shopping for it, preparing it, learning about it, understanding what happens when you actually eat it and all the, the molecular components about it, learning about other cultures. It's what brings all of us together. Yeah. And I love the imagery of that because if we bring it all back to what the goal is for women on their fertility journey, it's to have their baby. And I love what you have presented here because it's in essence a way of using food to help us welcome that baby, to create that culture within our families, the love of food, the appreciation of food. Like I was just had an image when you were sharing that of a woman basically saying, you know, hey, sweetheart, you know, you're not here yet. Your dad and I are waiting for you. And, you know, I'm going to eat this beautiful, healthy meal. And, you know, this is going to be part of the way we celebrate you and we look forward to having you. And it's just like, it's a completely different notion than the deprivation and the fear that so many of us feel. Yeah. It's a different perception. It's a different lens to look at things through. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's it's it sounds simple, it's simple in context, but it's difficult in application. I understand it takes time, yeah, but it's so good and it's so important. And ah, I'm so glad that you were here with us today, Andy. <laughs> and I'm really excited for, for women who are listening to this from you know so many different countries to, to really get a sense of look, you can approach this differently. You can approach food and your fertility journey from a place of empowerment and not fear, deprivation, lack, and scarcity. And I really am super excited for women to be able to reach out with you and have the opportunity to work with you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you can be reached? Good starting point is my website. It's at everydaynutrition.net. That's everydaynutrition.net. And I named it that because it's something that we do every day, but we also need to stay focused every day on it. Um, On there is my recipe blog. You can go there and see all the the foods. It's all everything that I cook at my house. Um, So there's recipes on there for that. There's a contact page on there. You can reach out to me that way. You can also reach me by email, which is my first name, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at everydaynutrition.net. And I like to talk food. Like I said, I'm a food nerd, and I'll, I'll talk to anybody for hours for this stuff. So I'm glad you have a time limit on your podcast because we would go for hours talking about this. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I just think it's so fantastic. So ladies, as you're listening to this, as you're realizing, hey, I want, I want a way out of the cray-cray when it comes to my food. I got to tell you, Andy, I was not exaggerating at the very beginning. Andy is the reason why I am able to have great balance in my, in my diet and feel good about the choices that I'm making to, to make and structure meals for my family that feel really good to me. I mean, Andy had my back when I was on a cruise earlier this year and tapped <laughs> out, you know, how can I feel good about my food with this? And I mean, he's really become a partner to the Austin family. So I can't wait for you to reach out to him, blow up his website, blow up his email. And, and this man also really helped me control my blood sugar when I was pregnant with Asher because I had borderline gestational diabetes. And we found a great way for me to address that. I didn't have to take any medication, which I was super against. And you know, with Andy's help, I was able to regulate my blood sugar all the way through my pregnancy and have loads and loads of pleasure with my food. So 
thank you for that, Andy. Thank you for being with us. And we are so grateful. Thank you, Roseanne. It's been a pleasure. I, I do appreciate the time that we have spent together because that's all we got. So spend it with somebody you care about today. Oh, thanks, Andy. Hey, loves, wasn't that conversation with Andy Mayhew just phenomenal? And I really hope that you see that there is incredible value in stepping away from the dogma when it comes to our diets and instead take a more empowered approach and think clearly about what's really right for you rather than wholesale following extreme diets that don't really fit and absolutely rob you of an incredibly important nutrient on this journey, and that is vitamin J. Vitamin joy, baby. Loves, I hope my conversation with Andy Mayhew only underscores about a thousand more times how critically important you and what you think and believe on this journey is. Your thoughts and beliefs lead to your choices and your actions, and you can't get past the fact that your actions and choices lead to your results. You've got to learn how to think like a woman who succeeds on this journey so that you can be the woman who succeeded. And if you want me to teach you exactly how to do that, be part of my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, because that's exactly what you're going to learn how to do. This program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months. To apply for your interview to be part of this revolutionary program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for your breakthrough session there. My methodology is to help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. And if you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, doll, you've got to address it. You've got a gaping hole in your strategy and let's fix that shit. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.